Hey everyone, it's Cassie. And this is Chrissy. And welcome back to episode three of Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. So Steve Nash has been announced as the new head coach for the Brooklyn Nets. He is third all-time in NBA history in assists. He's a Hall of Famer, two-time NBA champ, eight-time NBA All-Star, two-time NBA MVP. I mean, he has quite the resume. He signed a four-year contract, and um, I'm pretty excited about this because he already has a relationship with KD from when he worked with the Warriors, so I think this could be a really good matchup. Yeah, I loved it. I saw some people... I mean, for the most part, I think everyone's on board with it. And also the Nets have been struggling for a coach for how long, you know, to find that right fit. And I saw people were saying like, oh, he's never been a coach, but he worked player development with the Warriors. Like you said, that's how he grew his relationship with KD. But also, I feel like there are certain players when they retire and you just look at them and you're like, wow, they'd be a great coach. And I feel like Steve Nash is definitely one of those people, at least I thought like he worked a little, you know, TV. He did a little analyzing, broadcasting, and I thought he was really great. And you know, he's RJ Barrett's godfather. Is he? Yes, he is. Because, Ooh. um, yeah, you know, the Canadian connection. <laughs> uh, RJ Barrett's dad and his um and Steve Nash they played together, and he's his godfather. And I remember when the draft was rolling around, they had like Steve Nash just talking about him in kind of like a sit down interview way. And you can just tell he gives him advice and he knows what he's doing. He knows to work with the players. I mean, he was in that position. So I'm totally on board for this. I support it. I feel like he's like a level-headed guy too, which is great. And I feel like he's just going to work well with the Nets. We'll see though. I hope I don't bite my tongue here. No, I'm excited for it too. I mean, you don't meet many people who don't like Steve Nash. He's an all-around good guy. Like yes. Nash is a gem. Yes, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he's just like a good guy. He's level-headed. Like you don't see like obviously like you have your other players who are like analysts like Chuck and um Shaq. I mean, I love them, but people are very critical of them. Steve oh, Nash yeah. just isn't like that. He's so like level-headed. He knows how to work with players. He's soft-spoken in a way, but also, like, firm and, like, people respect him. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what you said about, like, him not having any experience coaching, I mean, the same thing happened for Steve Kerr. He didn't have any experience either. And look at him. Yeah, exactly. There's just some players where you know they're just going to be amazing because of how they played. He'll definitely have a lot of respect in the locker room for sure. So I'm excited about this. Even with the other coaches, it's Steve Nash. You know, like you have to you have to respect him. Yeah, exactly. There was some controversy though. So Jacques Vaughn was gonna be the runner up if Steve Nash said no. And he's been the interim coach since March when um the Nets let go of Kenny Atkinson. But since Steve Nash did take the job. He's going back to his original role as the lead assistant coach for the Nets. And now he's the highest paid assistant coach in the league. Um, He has experience coaching. He was the head coach for the Orlando Magic from 2012 to 2015. And Stephen A. Smith was talking about the lack of black coaches 
in the NBA, and I'll give you some stats. So currently, there are five black coaches in the NBA, black head coaches, as opposed to 14 black head coaches in the 2012-2013 season. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a big drop. And um, Stephen A. was just saying, you know, guys like Jacques or Mark Jackson or Ty Lue, he thinks were overlooked for the job. I get his point. However, I really feel like Steve Nash. It's Steve Nash. Yeah, it's hard because it's Steve Nash. It's not like it's someone where it was like, why did you get this job? Mm-hmm. But I honestly feel like he's going to do a good job. I get Stephen A's point. He was saying like this, it's not directed solely at Steve Nash because we know he's great. We know that he has the potential to be a really good head coach. He was just saying like, there's such a lack of black coaches. Like where these guys looked at specifically Jacques Vaughn because he was interim coach since March and he has experience and he's literally right there. So he was just saying like, well, why not guys like him? yeah, I I agree what he's what he's saying because I remember last week's episode, I said like eighty percent of the NBA players are black, and if you look at like coaching and the front office, like they need to add like you know more diversity to that. But in this situation, particularly, I think it was literally that Steve Nash is Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. I feel like they had to like Steve Nash was on board. They had to take that opportunity. It's Steve Nash. I think it's all about the name, all about who he is. For this situation in particular. But I think other times they definitely do get overlooked and there definitely needs to be more black coaches in the NBA. But I totally understand. Like, I agree with um, Stephen A. Smith, but I just think for this particular situation, it was just like, it's Steve Nash, you know? Yeah, I think he's a perfect fit. I mean, he's going to be coaching mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving. Like, Steve Nash is one of the best point guards ever. And then for him to be coaching Kyrie, that's great. It's the and next relationship with KD. Yeah. The energy in Barclays is incredible. It's just, I just, I like, I like the visual of it right now. I really do. Because we don't know what it's going to be like when he actually starts coaching. So we can't speak to how good he'll be as a coach. But in terms of optics, this looks fantastic. And I feel like anytime a coach comes and coaches a New York City team, there's a little hype to it. And you're a little more excited. Yeah. Because I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited. What? I hope this is like a turnaround for them. Like, <laughs> I hope the Nets take over as the New York team because the Knicks are literally so hyped up. The Knicks can have a three-win season and they'll still have all the hype. Because honestly, it's like <laughs> three wins. That's a lot to come by these days with the Knicks. So it's like, oh my God, let's celebrate this. And it's just, they're just like a New York MSG team. We touched on this though already, but... Yeah, I'm super excited, and I just think they took the opportunity because of who Steve Nash is. Mm-hmm. And, and people have been dying for him to be a head coach for a while. So for him to land with the Nets, like, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. I think it was just perfect for him and the Nets, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. He mentioned Ty Lu, like I stated before, as one of the people who were maybe looked over, but... I think that Ty going to come to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And that's been um, 
I've seen a lot of articles about that the past few days about, you know, he might be close to signing a deal with the Sixers. And honestly, I am with it. I support it. 100%. Okay, I was going to ask you, how do you feel about that? You know, the Sixers are your team. Yeah, I love it. You know, Ty, Ty Lue is another one who has a really good resume. And we can't forget what he did for Cleveland. So during his time as the head coach for Cleveland, four seasons, three playoff appearances, three NBA finals, and a title. I think that that's great. And then, you know, coaching LeBron – I think he's shown that he can handle star power, a.k.a. Joel and Ben. And again, a black coach. Like, I think that's a really good look for the Sixers right now if they bring on Ty Lue. I agree. Um, I think Ty Lue, like, whenever I think of Ty Lue, I just think of, like, you know, his Cavs team. Mm-hmm. That's funny because I don't even think about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, I'd say it. <laughs> Alan Iverson stepped over <laughs> that was the, like the first thing that comes to my mind really I Lou, like, it is ingrained in my <laughs> you see I just have memories of like I remember I would watch like when he, the Cavs that was when I really started getting into basketball I really started getting into basketball and I would watch you know the Cavs and I would just see him mm-hmm. and I was like Ty Lou, Ty Lou. and I just was like I'll never forget who he was after that so that's why I remember that yeah. But that's funny. <laughs> yeah, you love, don't you love Allen Iverson? I mean, granted, it makes sense. <laughs> it's just so ironic. Like, <laughs> he is, if he's going to become the Sixers head coach, like, it's. Really yeah, funny. no, it's definitely funny. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ty Lu, I don't think he gets enough credit. And I think it's because during his reign, he was kind of like overshadowed by LeBron. I was one of those people who did not give him enough credit. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit of a hater. Um, when you texted me, you're like, hey, Cassie, like, I think the Sixers are looking into Ty Lue. I was like, hmm, you know, in my head, I was like, interesting. So then I just like looked into his stats more and everything. And I agree. Like, I think he's a great coach. And I think, like, people are just automatically more critical of him. I think when you're you're the coach of LeBron James, like, any little thing, even if something bad goes wrong, the blame's going to fall more on you as a coach, if that makes sense. Because, you know, LeBron James is so idolized. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely one of those haters. But I take it back. I own up to it. And I admit it. And I'm excited. And I think he'll be um, – I think he'll fit well because, like you said, he coached LeBron. Yeah. And now he'll have – Simmons, Joel Embiid. So I think it would be interesting. I think it would be a good fit. And um, maybe Alan Iverson will be at some games. <laughs> oh, he'll definitely be there. And I'm <laughs> looking forward to seeing it. I think this is going to happen. I really do. You know, I've just seen too many reports about it for it not to go through at this point. I, think I mean, the top yeah. for sure. For yeah, after a while, once you start seeing a lot of reports, okay, I might be a naive Cowboys fan right now, but <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of hype. Earl Thomas and the Cowboys, this has been talked for like the past two years, right? Um, About two months ago, everyone was saying Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas, you know, when they released him or whatever. We didn't end up getting him, but now we released Ha Ha Clinton Dix, and now the reporting is really getting amped up. So now I really think it is going to happen, like for once. So it's kind of similar. Like, once you see enough reports, it's like, no, this is totally happening. Mm-hmm. 
that's how I feel with Earl Thomas coming to the Cowboys. But that's a whole nother sport. But I just thought about it, and it just related. I do think Tyler was going to go to the 76ers, though. And, I mean, that's exciting. It is. I'm definitely going to keep my eyes open for that. Um, they have to be close to signing. So I'll be glued to the news to see when that's going to happen. I know. I'm excited, too. I want to see it. It's just so interesting. I love when teams get new coaches because I kind of, like, make it, like, are they going to be better? Or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love to see, like, once they get a new coach and then, like, coaches just implement a new, like, sometimes, like, practice this or more, like, team things. And I'm just, like, so interested to when teams get new coaches to see how much they improve. Yes, a different energy. That's what I'm saying. Like in the locker room, just everything at practice. I feel like once you get a new coach, like some players, like players are for the most part more excited, unless it was like a coach you loved and he was just fired or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're just more excited and more motivated. So it's definitely going to be fun. For sure. Speaking of coaches, Chrissy, my <laughs> beloved coach Bud <laughs> is getting a lot of heat because of the Bucks choking in the playoffs. And everyone um is saying now this is my issue. So obviously when you're the star, Yannis is the star, you're he's gonna be the scapegoat, he's gonna get the blame. Yes. I think it was he went okay, he went 30 and 14 um their last game. He won 30 and 14. They lost, obviously, but Yannis went 30 and 14. And everyone was like, Giannis is leaving Milwaukee. He has him and Coach Bud. Because I thought people saw him getting a little annoyed at Coach Bud. That's what I heard. I was like, that's just going to happen when you're a star player and your coach, you know. But I do you see what Coach Bud has done for the Bucks. I don't think it's Coach Bud in any way. Yeah. And Giannis had 30 and 14. I think Bled- Eric Bledsoe, Lopez, uh, Middleton, they need to step up more. Granted, Giannis needs to step up as well. But... It's a team sport. I feel like Giannis is one of the best players. I think he's the best. He's going to be the best player in the NBA. People are still saying because LeBron's still there. But um, I think just because of that, just because he gets the hype, everyone is going to just blame him for everything. But it's like a team effort. He cannot be the sole reason they're winning. You know, it's just not going to work that way. And everyone, Richard Jackers, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I granted he is a star player, but he went 30 and 14. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's bad because tell me, tell me if that's a bad stat, 30 and 14, to be getting blamed for your team losing. It never works that way. It has to be everybody. And also, Yanni's isn't going anywhere. I don't see him going anywhere. He's staying in Milwaukee. Thank you. Okay. I got into a damn fight (laughs) with this boy because he messaged me and he was like, talking so much smack about like Yanni's. And I'm like, he went 30 and 14. Like, the other players have to step up. And then he was like, he didn't know what to say, and he's like, yeah, but um, he got passive with Coach Bud. I'm like, that's a nature. Like, he wants to win, you know? Like, yeah. take that with a grain of salt and, like, define passive. You know what I mean? And then he's like, and he's leaving Milwaukee because he wants to win. He's not. He's signing the Supermax contract maybe after that. Granted, who knows what's going to happen in five more years. Mm-hmm. But granted, after that, like, he's signing the Supermax contract. He's not leaving Milwaukee. He's said it. Milwaukee made him who he was. Him and his family love Milwaukee. Yes, I just think, why would he leave also? Like, granted, I like, what's so bad about the Bucks right now? Yes, they do need to step up in the playoffs and, like, big-time games. 
But look at these other teams, you know, like I just think people are jumping the gun because of who Yannis is. And then Richard Jefferson tweeted, Yannis might be a Pippin. There I said it. He needs his Jordan. Um, worst case scenario, I think he needs his Pippin. Because mm. who are you going to get who's Yannis' Jordan? Please enlighten me. Yeah. Mm. Like, okay, also, people are like, you're just a Bucks fan. But no, because if Yannis left the Bucks, I would still be a Bucks fan. Like, I would be heartbroken. But I'm just literally, it was like, just saying the facts because of Giannis who he is it's like what do you how do you feel about this situation you know you're a 76ers fan do you agree that like people are just jumping the gun and like it's not all up to Giannis he literally went 30 and 14 and he's still getting blamed for them losing like I understand as the leader you have to step up but it's just like there's not more players on the court or it's just him you know because I saw people give at least what I saw I saw people give Joel Embiid a lot more grace than they're giving Giannis, which is strange. Yeah, I think Giannis... Being the leader of your team and you're putting in all your effort and it's just not working. Um, Like I said before, it doesn't work that way. It has to be everybody. Also, in all fairness, um, playoff Jimmy Butler is different. (laughs) It's not easy to compete against especially if you're the only person on your team I won't say he was the only person on his team putting in effort but Giannis was pulling the weight so he can't like you said he can't do it alone sorry someone I saw someone say I think once Giannis got the hype which he I he totally deserves look what he did to Milwaukee but once Giannis won MVP I feel like all the LeBron stands came out and we're are just on the defensive. And also, I saw a tweet saying Yanis is lazy. What? Yes, Yanis is lazy because I think, um, a, like, the first game, Coach Bud didn't have him on Jimmy Butler for some of the time. Like, he wasn't defending Jimmy Butler. And they were like, oh, Yanis is lazy. I don't care what your coach says. If that was me, I would have ran to Jimmy Butler and defended him. I'm like, so... Now you're saying he's going to just don't listen to your coach and run any play you want and run around the court like a madman? <laughs> they just have so much to say. Like, well, I would have done this. Okay, well, then do it. You go do it. And they're like, I don't care what your coach says. Like, if you're the star player, like Yannis is, you're running to Jimmy Butler to defend, like, you know, like block him or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so just like ignore what your coach is saying? No. And it's just like, this is like a team. Like, it's not Yannis the Yanni's Bucks you know it's the Milwaukee Bucks like yeah coach Bud clearly knows what he's doing coach Bud turned them around I think I don't know what it is people like want to see them win but then when they lose it's like oh they're horrible they need another star player this and that and it's just like granted they could probably use another like really big time player but also it's like they work well together and like you said Jimmy Butler is different if they were to bring on another star player who do you think would, like you said, if if Giannis is the MJ, who would be his Scotty Pippen? That's a good question. Do you see the issue there is like every time I think of a player, I'm just like, yeah, I know Giannis doesn't really have an ego. No matter what, Giannis is going to be the best. But if you were to bring like, like I always say like Jimmy Butler. Oh, yes. Like, I love Jimmy Butler. I'm a Jimmy Butler stan. Like, I love him. I think him and the Bucks would be amazing. But the only issue is 
I mean, I feel like Jimmy Butler doesn't have an ego. And I'm saying this. I love him as a player. But I feel like maybe a little. He has a little ego. I so I just like, so. But I, I think rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, no, rightfully so. But I just don't want there to be any, like, if he comes to the Bucks. Like, the Bucks are a very, like, drama-free team. I mean, in all fairness, when Jimmy Butler was on the Sixers, um, and I mean, Joel, you know, they meshed well. They meshed really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I didn't notice any friction between them as players with both of their egos and both of their star power. Yeah. So I think if he were to go to the Bucks, which I don't think is ever going to happen. No, it's never. Yeah. What was to go there, I think, I don't think that would be a problem. I think they would mesh really well. Yeah. And yeah, like I always just think of Jimmy Butler. I'm trying to think who else. I just always think Jimmy Butler. And then also backtracking to the comment um, that Richard Jefferson said about like Yanni's being a Pippin. Yeah. Um, Scottie Pippen quoted that tweet and he wrote, I'm not Yanni's. I don't have back to back league MVPs in parentheses. He will in a matter of days. And he's not me. The question is, who are you as a player? And that circles back to like all these people are talking. Let me know when you ha- are Yanni's and, you know, like. Yeah. Or let me know when you're Scotty Pippen. Yes, like now you're you're not gonna disrespect Yanni's and Scottie Pippen. That's not what we're gonna do, right? Did you watch the last dance or no? <laughs> I'm a Scottie Pippen stand. I was like, I was a fan before the last dance, but watching that docu series, I was like, oh no, now I'm a stand. Yes, exactly. I totally agree, and I just am like too much like. I understand, like, everyone's just like, the Bucks can't win the finals every year. They do have to make it within the next two years, I'm telling you that. But it's like, the only two teams make it. And everyone thought it was going to be Bucks and Lakers. Hey, it still might be. They can come back. They could come back. I mean, the Raptors were up by two games and the Bucks choked for four. So, you know, they could there's always hope. Back. But it's just like, everyone talking. And also, it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't like it. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bucks fan. This just happens with everyone. I'm just like, everyone needs to calm down and take a step back. It's too early to, like, count them out. Look at the Nuggets. Like, are you kidding? <gasps> and what they did to Utah. Yes. Oh, my God. And then also everyone was feeling bad for Donovan Mitchell. I felt bad for him as well. I did too, but it's like, how are you going to pick? But then Giannis, it's like, oh, he's this and that. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Like, I do feel bad for Donovan Mitchell. I did. and But I would also feel bad for Yanni's because he did go 30 and 14. Yeah. Like, it's just – and then to attack Coach Bud. Coach Bud is a great coach. You think he's going to be um, pushed out in the next two years if they if they don't do better? Well, yeah, for sure. I think if the Bucks don't make the finals in the next two years, they're getting a new coach no matter what because the Bucks should make the finals. The Bucks should have went last season, you know? But I think what Coach Bud has done to the Bucks in the short amount of time is great. But I think, you know, you have that level of expectation. It's like how many times can they make the – well, who knows if they're going to make the Eastern Conference Final this season, but how many times can they go deep into the playoffs and not make it? Like, with the talent they have, you can't waste Giannis's years either. I'm going to be honest. My money's on the Celtics this year. For really? Eight. Like, I – Jason Tatum, man – like Kemba Walker, 
they are on something different right now. I don't know if it's just bubble basketball in general. And I don't, I don't like the Celtics. I don't like Boston sports, period. But not if OG has something to say about that. <laughs> OG, oh my God, saved the day last night. Also, I love OG. Okay, like the Toronto Raptors have great social media, YouTube wise. Yes, I, I love. They do, right? Mm-hmm. I love watching Toronto Raptors social media, kind of like the Minnesota Vikings, like so random, but they have a great social media team. And I was just watching the Raptors social media like a few months ago, watching other videos. I'm like, I wish all the teams had a social media like this. I love OG. The fact that it was OG who made that game winning three. Random. And he played it off like it was nothing. That's yes, and then Kyle Lowry's face. Oh my God. Yeah, the Raptors, they're hilarious. Like, I can't even, like, I'm losing words right now because I'm thinking about the final 30 seconds of that game last night. I really thought I was like, yeah, it's a wrap for Toronto. Literally so good. Yeah, I'm not um, a Boston Celtics fan either. I don't not like them, but I don't know. The Raptors came back last season too. I really like the Raptors, and that's coming from a Bucks fan. Like, I really do like them. I don't know. I feel like bubble basketball is so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. It's just like, who knows what's going to happen? The poor Utah Jazz. Excited for um, playoffs in a long time. Yeah, I am. I don't like the bubble. I still don't like the bubble, but it's definitely exciting to say the least. Mm -hmm. And then they started welcoming their families. Giannis's son came. Oh my god, Liam! Yes, he's so cute. So adorable. Brings me back to my point, though. Distractions? No, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. I literally (laughs) do not mean that. But like I said, like. Once no one was there, it was all just basketball, you know? Yeah. That's not why they're losing. I'm not saying that. But <laughs> I was just making a joke. I don't want people to attack me. <laughs> Jimmy Butler said, nope, no family. This is a business. Oh my God, Jimmy Butler, yes. And he has a newborn, too. Wait, really? Hold on. Yeah, he had a kid last year. <laughs> Wait. I was heartbroken to say that. He said it's okay. Hold it was low-key. He keeps a low-key profile. But he's like, yeah, it's all business. And I'm like, okay, do you. But also... I think child I'm looking yeah. right now not it the child it like the articles about his child yeah he had a newborn like last year and I was heartbroken because I love Jimmy Butler he's so funny oh congratulations I know it's yeah. the year but that's so sweet oh, yeah Riley yeah so yeah that's adorable it's so cute but he was like nope no checks I'm like okay I respect it I respect it, but I would want like, can I bring my mom? Can I bring like? I mean, personally, me, I'd have I, I would have brought people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so cute. The rookie of the year has been announced, and this should come as no surprise. It is Ja Morant. No, Christina, I wish you could see my face behind this microphone right now. Because <laughs> I'm smiling so hard, and you know why. Yeah, you called it months ago. You called mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Guys, I don't think you understand. So I called it. I was on this sports show back at UNT, and I was debating someone about Rookie of the Year. They were insisting it was going to be Zion. Because I had been saying John Morant is – sorry I say his name like a French accent. <laughs> like John Morant. <laughs> I have been saying he was going to win Rookie of the Year since the beginning of the season. 
just because it's just not fair for him not to. You know, Zion was out for all those games. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally just, it wouldn't be fair for him. Because, and I was arguing, you know, defending Ja or whatever, and then he won. Dissatisfaction, I'm not a sore winner now, but, like, he just deserved it. I'm just so happy for him. And then the pictures, he was wearing the Jordan 1s, the Rookie <laughs> of the Years. I think he's just such a nice guy, and it's really no shade to Zion, but like, he just didn't deserve it. You know, Jean-Marin really did deserve it. Only I just, person thought that he did, because the votes were 99 to 1, and that yes, was, vote was for Zion. Like, who who was that person? Yes, Nadia, I just thought it was insane. Like, there's just no way Zion could have won. Granted, if he had played the whole season and didn't miss any games. Maybe. Like, yeah, I totally understand him being in the talks. But, like, it just wasn't fair. There was no way Zion could have taken it. It would have been so unfair that I was like. Hmm? He wasn't even um second place. He was third, I believe. Because who was second? Yeah, he literally got one vote. Yeah. Like, that's insane to me. Like, John deserved it. Like, there was just no one. Like, when people were arguing for Zion, I'm like, how, though? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I understand, but, like, he got he got hurt. He missed all these games. And I know they don't take playoffs into account. But just, like, in general, like, he had to leave the bubble for a family emergency and then came back. And I just think – and then the Pelicans, like, it's just – Jean Marant deserved it, the games he played. So I'm so happy about that. <laughs> I'm going to go down the list of why. He led – all the rookies in scoring and assists. He was one of three NBA players to average at least 17 points, six assists, and shoot 49% or better from the field, joining the ranks of LeBron James. He recorded a rookie high 11 double-doubles and made the only triple-double by a rookie when he finished with 27 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists against the Wizards in February. He ranked sixth in the NBA in fourth quarter scoring average. He had the highest fourth quarter field goal percentage. Like the list just goes on. He broke the franchise rookie record for total assists in a season. (laughs) He led the Grizzlies in points and assists. And he only, he just turned 21 in August. Like, yeah, I'm older than him by like five months which is terrifying to think about but I'm glad you're saying all this because when I was putting up my argument for him this was back in January or February I was arguing that he was going to be rookie of the year the kid my friend I was debating my friend Jaden and he was saying yeah but because I was bringing up the stat the stats you know the points and all that and he was like yeah but you have to look at their positions and I'm like it doesn't matter my dogs agree with me I don't know if you can hear them barking but (laughs) I was like it doesn't matter because Okay, take their I understand like take their positions into account, but if you look at the impact Ja made in his position, I really have to stop saying his name with an accent. I'm like Ja. If you look at the impact he made in his position and then just look at the impact Zion made to his position, Ja just made a way more impact to his team, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why I just think he had, like, you know, I understand taking their position to account. They're like, Zion's just not going to score as much. But even looking at the impact that was made. It just wasn't as strong as Ja. And I think even throughout the regular season, people didn't really notice. Not everybody, but a lot of people didn't even notice because they were so focused on, well, what's Zion going to do? Like, what's Yeah, gonna- because he had all the high school hype, you know? Yeah. He, had all, he had hype coming out of high school, and then he had hype coming out of college. Yeah. So everyone was so focused on, like, Zion, Zion, Zion. And then he just came out here, and then Jacques came out and just did his thing. And he had way more of a positive impact 
granted, I'm not like discrediting Zion in any way, but he just had way more of a positive impact on his team than Zion did, and he deserved Rookie of the Year. If they didn't give him Rookie of the Year, it would have been so disrespectful. If I was Zion, I would have been so mad. It just would have been such a disrespect to him. And I don't think Zion feels any type of way about it because even Zion knows it. Yeah, I think so too. My only dispute with this is that it should have been unanimous. <laughs> why like I want to know who the one person is. It's always that one person. Like I want to know who it is. It's probably someone like in the like <laughs> that's like cool, and they're gonna text Zion like, "Yo, I just want you to know I'm that one vote." Right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Make sure you guys are following us on all our social medias on Twitter and Instagram at DYCT podcast and on Spotify at did you catch that with Cassie and Chrissy. See you guys next week.